Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. You're tuned in to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area, also in Bradenton, Florida as well. The office in Cleveland is in Strongsville, technically. Uh, if you want to come by, say hello, learn more about the team, go to skyboxasset.com. Scott, how you doing this week? I'm doing well, Walter. It's getting a little cold up here in Cleveland. Winter's definitely here. <laughs> Fully settled in at this point, I would imagine, but uh, but that's all right. I asked somebody who was from uh, Michigan, and I imagine it would be the same thing with uh, you know with you in, in the Cleveland area. He was telling a joke about a UFO, and he said, I, I saw a UFO in the sky the other day. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, it was bright and, and round and shiny. And kind of, you know, poked in through the clouds. You could see it here and then not see it. And it kind of disappeared and came and went. And I was like, wow, that's that's an interesting experience. And he was like, yeah, but the guy next to me said it was just the sun. So it had been so long since we'd seen it. Felt like a UFO when we finally saw it pop out again. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Except, you know, being from Michigan, though, you know, it's something that's definitely not flying is their football team. So <laughs> what can right. I say? Throw, throw, Go box, throw, right? your, throw your digs. Go for it. Throw your yeah. digs. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, good. You, so, what's your uh, what's your clothing of choice during this time of year? I mean, do you go full like goose down jacket, or you know, what what's sort of like the? How do you stay warm during the winter months in the in the bitter Cleveland cold? So, the majority of my work days, I go out of my house. My garage is attached. I hop in my car. I drive to work. I take ten steps and go in the door to my office. So generally so I So you're in your Hawaii jacket. shirt, right? Your Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yes. I don't really I am not one of these people you see bundled up, you know, normal everyday wear. Now the exception would be is when we come around the lacrosse season, you know, where college lacrosse starts in February and you know high school lacrosse will start in March. And obviously it's cold in February and March and I am all bundled up. I got super heavy duty gloves because I'm, I'm, you know, you're outside for, you know, several hours, especially coaching them, you know, I'm out there and there's wind. So I do bundle up for that, but 90% of the time I'm a light jacket kind of guy. I don't really bundle up much, except I do wear a knit hat because when you have a haircut like mine, you got to really protect your head. There you go. That's true. Uh, quote unquote haircut, right? Air quotes. Yes, around the exactly. Haircut. <laughs> uh, it's, you remind me of when I went to uh, Notre Dame for the first time, and it was negative 19 degrees. But it was so funny. This was with the uh, when I was traveling with the basketball team, doing the radio broadcast for the, the, the college women's team. And it was so funny because everyone was prepped for the cold, and I don't think we ever experienced it the entire trip because – we, you know, got off the airplane and immediately got onto the bus. Like it didn't, we touched the air for maybe like three seconds. And then, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the bus was right at the bottom of the steps of the airplane. And then the bus pulled up right to this, you know, entry of the hotel. And so, boom, you're right inside. And you didn't even get the full effect because you could feel the warmth of the hotel streaming out as the, you know, revolving door was going around. And, yep. uh, and then even when we drove to the arena, they actually, in Notre Dame, ha you drive into the arena with the bus. 
and then they close the door back behind you before you get out. And so you're then in a climate-controlled area with the bus even. And then we even left the arena, went straight to the airport. Now, that was when we finally felt that when we were leaving, we had to kind of walk across a larger swath of the tarmac to get to the airplane and had to go through all the de-icing and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it was kind of funny. You're here in this negative 19-degree environment, but yet you touched the air for maybe, you know, 10 seconds the whole time you were there. But uh yeah, you got to be outside to feel it, right? That's right. That's very true. So it, it looked cold, though. I'll tell you that. We, when we went back a few years later, it wasn't as bad. It was only like 25, so that was pretty bearable. But yeah, that negative 19, I did not want to go venturing out and experience that necessarily for very long. But No, that's event. rough. Well, glad that you don't have to uh, spend too much time out there in the uh, extreme cold this winter, and hopefully it's not too bad this year. Uh, we've got lots of good things to talk about on today's show. A little bit later on, we've got a question from Randall, and Randall's got a business that uh, apparently is having a good year, but hasn't done a whole lot of preparing for retirement. So we're going to take a look at Randall's situation to see if he's in good shape or has some work to do going forward. And we're also going to talk about, uh, to kind of kick things off today, uh, an important conversation about estate planning. And we want to spend some time here, Scott, because there are some people who, yeah, sure, they don't really care about leaving a financial legacy to the next generation. Some will just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, eh, I've done enough for the kids. They can they can focus on uh, on themselves or, you know, I, I've got them through college, whatever the case may be. I, I need to focus on myself and retirement. But for other people, it's a really important part of their financial plan, and they want to leave that legacy to the next generation. So we're going to try and eliminate some of the common estate planning mistakes that we see. First on the list, failing to plan for expenses that can be foreseen, and we're especially talking about healthcare here. What are some of the mistakes that you see in that realm? Well, so there, there's two different aspects to healthcare. Number one, it's going to be the actual monthly expenses of, of having your your Medicare, you know, Part B and D and all that fun stuff in your retirement, and then also having more of a catastrophic kind of healthcare event where you're looking at having assisted livings and nursing homes. And when we talk about the first one, every financial plan that I do for clients, I have a section in there that we go over healthcare costs. Because, you know, most financial planners, you you say, hey, I'm, I need, you know, $5,000 a month to live on. Okay, great. They run their financial plan with 5000 but then they forget about those extra added costs of healthcare that are going to be put on there every month for you to be able to get everything that's needed above and beyond Medicare. So, you know, that's one aspect and we need to definitely plan for that. But the biggie that affects estate planning is going to be talking about long-term care. And every, again, every plan I do, that's a discussion we have is about long-term care because the odds are definitely against you if you're trying to not go in a facility. And I think, it's funny you mentioned that that you know people that don't want to leave a legacy. I I've got a surprising number of people that come in my office and they'll say, "Yeah, you know, I already told my kids I'm going to spend every penny I have." And I said, "Well, that's great. You know, when are you going to die?" "Oh, I don't know. Well, how are you going to do that? You, you know, <laughs> you can't do that. And even if you save money and you want to pass on a legacy to kids, you can run into that long-term care issue that's going to drain everything that you've worked your whole life to take care of. So having a plan for health care is a big part of making sure you leave that legacy to the kids. 
And even if you don't want to leave that legacy, you don't want to be in a spot where you can't afford to be able to have the type of care that you or your spouse deserves. Because a lot of the times, usually it's the men that will say that to me, but then the you know, the, the wife will give a, a quick elbow into the side and say, well, come on, you know, what, what happens when you're gone? You know, I need to be taken care of too. And, you know, if that second spouse or the, the wife goes into a facility, you know, we need to have a plan in place to make sure that we can protect everything that they've worked their whole life for to, you know, save up. Yeah, I think it's critically important to make sure that we're trying to plan for those expenses that can be foreseen, that are in front of us, that, you know, it's there. Why wouldn't we plan for these things? Even if they're tough to talk about or not fun, they're things we need to address. This next one, in many cases, is a very simple step, but can be more complex depending on the family situation. But a big estate planning mistake that has dire consequences in some cases is failing to update beneficiary designations. I'm sure you have caught a few people off guard before, Scott, in an initial meeting when you're uh, analyzing these things, right? You know, every month at least I run across somebody that had an old insurance policy and never, ever updated you know, their beneficiaries on there. And and these type of beneficiary designation mistakes are so easily fixed, but they have such large impacts on estate planning if you don't correct them. An example is I have a client of mine, and, and she's been a client of mine for a long time. And her husband, before he passed away, they were, they were both clients of mine, probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years now. They've been clients, well, actually, probably 16. And when they had had a trust done and we went through everything. We went through the beneficiaries on how they needed to set it up with their, you know, he was working at the time for the County had deferred compensation. And I said, you know, you don't want to make the trust the beneficiary on your deferred compensation. You, you want to name your wife as the primary beneficiary because, you know, IRAs work differently. And now there's different trust documents and things like that that address these issues. But back then, you know, that was not the case. So I don't know what he did and why he did this, but he probably the last year before he had passed away, he paid the trust a beneficiary on the 401k plan. And what happened is he ended up passing away. Neither one of us knew he had made this change. And his wife could not take that deferred compensation plan and roll it over into her name and continue to defer those taxes. She had to take all the money out of deferred compensation over a five-year time period and pay taxes on it over that five years. So it was a huge impact and cost her tons of money. And I'm, you know, obviously that was not his intention, but these types of things you need to make sure on an annual basis, when you meet with your review with your financial advisor, you're going over all the accounts that they have with you, but then also all the other accounts, old life insurance policies, making sure the beneficiaries are set up properly because it can really create a, a big issue. And, you know, one more thing to add to that is, you know, kind of another story. I, I've had clients in my office, kids of clients crying in my office because they didn't know that, you know, dad had, you know, named his girlfriend to be a beneficiary. You know, these should be things that, you know, not that you don't do what you wish to do, but you need to make sure you communicate these things too, because uh, 
you don't want to make more problems or more issues for your family. You know, you just passed away. You need to communicate these changes and make sure everybody's on the same page. It helps, uh, you know, awkward conversations on the front end are a lot better than the awkward conversations on the back end because you're talking about consequences of what? Like litigation, conflict can come together when you have heirs and family members and disagreement and being faced with unexpected results. Yeah, and this comes up a lot when you've got second marriages or things like that too, because you know somebody can always want to. Someone might very well want to challenge you know what's in that will or what's in that trust because it wasn't communicated properly. Communication is the key here. If you've got second marriages and you've got a plan where you're saying you know whatever was mine before the marriage is going to my kids and whatever was. You know, your spouse is before the marriage is going to their kids and you're splitting the rest. Make sure that's communicated with everybody because you don't want anybody to feel slighted. Now, there's a lot of cases, too, where people will say, ah, you know what? I don't like Jimmy that much. I'm not going to give him anything. And, you know, make sure they know that because what's going to happen is, is they're going to end up, you know, fighting and challenging it and trying to squeeze money out. I, I've had a client that had an aunt that they inherited money from and, and they had named them as one of the beneficiaries. And then there were kids that weren't named in that, you know, imagine giving the money to, to a niece and not naming your own kids. Well, those kids were kind of upset. So they challenged it and, you know, it went on for years. I'm not even sure if it's done yet. So you need to make sure you communicate. That's the golden rule. I'll also add this one on the list here, uh, a little bit of a different gear. Sometimes people try to avoid a critical estate planning mistake, Scott, by doing something like with their real estate. They might try to transfer that real estate while they're still living instead of at death. And there's a few reasons people try to take that route, but it can often lead down a, uh, a bit of a difficult path to navigate. Yeah. So, you know, I see this a lot, too, where people say, hey, you know what? put my house in my daughter's name you know, so that it can be protected if I go in a nursing home or you know, maybe they're trying to get some government assistance or whatever the case would be, that they're basically trying to you know, outsmart the system. And one thing you need to be aware of is that there's a five-year look-back rule. So if you move any asset, not a house, but anything, appreciated stock, whatever the case may be, out of your name into one of your kid's name or whoever's name, and you go into a, you know, a nursing home, for instance, there's a five-year look back where they can say, oh, you did this four years ago. We're counting this towards you know, your assets. And you're, you know, then it creates a big mess. Once you get through that five-year rule, then indeed it is certainly, uh, it certainly is protected from that nursing home in that particular situation. But the other thing you need to be aware of is that you know, when you start gifting money to other people, you're also gifting your tax basis with it. Like, so for instance, if you bought your house for $50,000 and it's worth 200 and you gift it, well, you know, that tax basis for the kids now or whoever you gift it to is $50,000. So when you, when they go to sell that property, they have to pay capital gains tax on that $150,000 gain. If you don't gift it and you pass away with it, they get a step up in cost basis. So in other words, instead of a $50,000 cost basis, their cost basis is now 200. 
and then they don't have to pay any capital gains taxes on the sale of that property. So in some cases, that could completely negate any type of benefit you got from trying to protect the assets from the nursing home to start with. Oh, great points there, Scott. And sometimes it's not necessarily a nefarious action that gets in trouble, uh, but that's an example of when that can happen, can occur. One other example here, and this is a big one. Again, we're talking estate planning mistakes. And if you aren't considering the tax implications of your estate, just like if you're ignoring taxes when it comes to your 401k or your IRAs and your retirement plans, if you're doing the same when it comes to your estate, you're leaving things open to uh, a lot of pitfalls and a lot of problems again. Yeah, you know what? This is where I do the majority of my estate planning work with my clients is that we start taking a look at the tax efficiency of their accounts and passing that money down to the heirs. That's why if you haven't ordered one of my tax-free toolkits, you definitely want to get one because part of what we talk about is trying to create that tax efficiency to pass money down to your heirs. A good example is utilizing Roth IRAs opposed to IRAs. There's something called a stretch IRA where it applies to regular IRAs and Roth IRAs that when your children would inherit your IRA, they can then spread, they're required to take money out of that, but they can spread that out over their lifetime. So in other words, spread that tax liability out maybe another 20, 30, 40 years. And if it's an IRA, they would have to pay taxes every year on that small amount they'd have to take out. But again, they can spread it out over the rest of their life. But a Roth IRA, all that money's tax-free. So maybe they don't want to take it out over their life. Maybe they want to take it out over a three, four, five, 10, 20-year period. It doesn't matter because there's no taxes owed on that Roth money. Just to preface this uh, example, though, is there is something called the SECURE Act that is in Congress right now that would eliminate the way it's written now, the stretch IRA. Seems like Congress has got a lot on their hands right now. So I don't know if this is going to be taken care of anytime soon, but it is probably coming down the pike here pretty soon. So I think that maybe that stretch IRA may limit, but that's uh, be limited in the future. But that's even a bigger reason for us to look at at doing planning because there's other avenues too. Life insurance is a great way that you can pass money tax-free to your heirs. An example is I have a client that we did some planning, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we'll call them. They had a, a large IRA that they were not planning on ever using. They just accumulated it. They were comfortable with other monies they were receiving and they were never going to use this IRA. And it was growing and growing and growing. And we had a conversation about what's going to happen when they pass away. What we ended up doing in their case was we started taking withdrawals from their IRA, paying taxes on it now at their lower income tax rates, and using that money to fund a tax-free life insurance policy for them. So that when they eventually would pass away, a big tax-free life insurance benefit would pass to the kids and would also give them a lot more money to the kids. But secondly, they can use that tax-free death benefit to pay any remaining taxes that would be owned on the IRA. So as a net win on an after-tax basis for everybody. So taxes are a huge part of estate planning, and it's something you definitely need to work with a qualified professional to, to learn some of the strategies and, and know the laws to make sure that you and your family are protected. 
couple of ways you can get the tax-free retirement toolkit that Scott just laid out for you. You can text the word tax-free to 31996 and get the dual kit that way. Again, text the word, and make sure it's all one word, just smush it together, tax-free, to the number 31996. You can also just go to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. Or give a call to 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Another way that you can easily get in touch with Scott to get that tax-free retirement toolkit and tap into those great resources. Well, there you have it. Some of the top estate planning mistakes. Hopefully that helps you out on today's show. It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Scott Searles a little bit better on today's show. My fun question for you this week, Scott. You know, we talked about you on the last episode having cut the cord. No more traditional cable for you in the household. So uh, kind of on the heels of that, let's talk some more TV. If you, you know, are looking at the TV channels and the things that exist out there, what TV channel in your mind doesn't exist but should? You know, there's always these specialized channels out there about anything you can think of. So if you were just to create a TV channel that doesn't exist right now, what would it be about? Walter, I think, you know, it probably exists because there's so many channels out there I don't even know. But I would like like an action movie TV show channel because what I like watching are like, you know, cop shows and you know i like the spy shows and the spy movies and you know kind of that suspenseful i got a mission and got to go accomplish it kind of thing i like that so i would like a channel with just that all the time that's that's think the route i'm going i think that it does exist it's called the action channel no way yep there's an action channel yep actionchanneltv.com and uh, they say original home for high octane sports movies and more. So, well, let's see. I guess I got to check it out now. Pop a cold so one now, and tune into the Action Channel. What a rush is how they end there. Uh, <laughs> how they end it there. You learn something new every day. So now, now I have no answer because that was the only channel I, I could think of. Doesn't seem like it's very widespread though. So you can just hope that it's more widespread. This looks more like a. I don't think this is actually like a channel. This is more like a show. I, I have a feeling this is more like a show that gets put together or a channel that's only offered to like specific markets. So I'm looking at their. Okay. I, I googled their website real quick. They're only in maybe like 20 markets, 20 stations. So. Yeah. It's a small, so you would just want that to be more expansive, perhaps. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, I could do without the action sports. I just throw more of the, you know, like the the action TV. You shows just want like Die Hard, all the Die Hards, and then they start showing yes. you all the Rambo's, and then they start showing you all the, you know, just everything, just action, action, action the whole time. Exactly. There you That's go. what I want. All I right. just want. I just want to watch my action TV. We'll we'll say that still doesn't exist and and needs to exist. So there you go. Thank th- thanks for making me feel better, Walter. You got it. You got it. I would say there needs to be a uh, uh, sprint car channel. I think a sprint car racing or dirt track racing, a channel just entirely devoted to dirt track racing. That would be my. I'm trying to think of something that's relatively obscure that I would. Watch. Well, you know what? I would have another one too. I would go with the lacrosse channel. Oh, okay. There you go. Men's and women's high school, college, and professional lacrosse. That would be great. There you go. You have like shows around lacrosse too. Plenty of material. I mean, there's a billion lacrosse teams out there. Absolutely. So yeah, you could you could pull that off. The lacrosse the lacrosse channel. We'll put it we'll put it on the list. 
I'll put it on the list. Well, now that you can basically stream anything, it kind of does make it, you know, anything could sort of count as a channel, right? Anything that's niche like that could count as a channel. So we're, we're talking about traditional, even though you've cut the cord, you could turn on YouTube TV and they've got a 24-7 live running channel, not necessarily an on-demand kind of thing. Well, now, Walter, you know, maybe I'll start this myself. Now that I can do a podcast, I think I could do a TV show. You could. Can you maintain one for 24-7 so it's truly a channel? Well, that may be the difficult part. <laughs> plus, I do, plus, I don't have a face for TV. It's much better for podcasting. You, you could hire hire some talent to help out with it. I have four daughters, and they all look better than me. We'll call it the Scott Network. How about that? <laughs> Scott Network. Uh, or, or, well, you already got kind of got the name, Skybox, right? That, that sounds like a good TV channel name, Skybox TV, it, you know, something like that. It does, absolutely. All right. We'll put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. We'll start our TV show here in a couple of months. We'll try it out. Too, All right. Too funny. Love it. More coming up on today's show. Before we wrap up for the week, as always, time to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So our question this week comes to us from Randall, and Randall is in Orange Village. And here's Randall's question for you. He says, I'm in my mid-50s and don't have much saved for retirement at all, but I own my own business and I'm having a huge year. I think that was the appropriate number of U's in the question. Uh, Best I've ever had by far. I'll have some big profits that I can invest for retirement. Where do I start? Well, Randall, first of all, I would like to congratulate you on having a huge year. (laughs) But then I would like to yell at you for not saving any money until you got to your mid-50s. <laughs> He's using the business so, as the retirement plan, right? Yes, yes. Uh, you definitely need to save money. The good news is that because of your huge year, there are some things you can do being a business owner that allows you to save more money than you traditionally would be able to. So one of the first things you want to do is... you. You know, I don't know your situation as far as how many employees you have or how consistent your revenues are going to be going forward, but there's definitely different retirement plans you can use for the business. You could use a simple IRA. You could put up to $16,000 a year in there, tax deferred if you wanted to, or you could do a 401k plan with you, know, you could put 25000 away. They have solo 401ks for just solo entrepreneurs. But if you've got employees, it gets a little bit more costly and there are some requirements that need to be made in order to give money to your employees and, and making the plan available for everybody. You can also you know, match money that you put in there. So there's a lot of, it's a complex situation, not knowing a lot about you or your, your business, but there's definitely a lot of things available. Even a defined benefit plan, you could put up you know, to $225,000 a year away into there. So there's definitely a lot of things available. And you know, the, the other thing, too, is just make a Roth contribution. You know, Make a contribution to a regular Roth IRA, and you can do that in addition to what you're doing with the business, too. So the moral of the story, I guess, Randall, is that you definitely want to see a professional, some that can guide you and give you what your options are for the plan and which one's going to work best for you and your business and your situation. 
Good question, Randall. Glad you're thinking about these kinds of things now. I mean, mid-50s is you're starting to get to crunch time, but it's not too late to play some catch-up, especially if you're having that big year finally paying off for you. But never too late to start, and now is the time to begin, in your case, getting ready for retirement. And that's a good lesson we can all take away, I think, on today's show. If you want to reach out to Scott and ask particular questions about your situation, whether they're on air, on the podcast, or if you just want to have one-on-one conversations, you can do that. Go to talktoscott.com to schedule a time to meet for a complimentary review of your plan. That's talktoscott.com, or you can always call 888-742-0111. And we'll put the information and the resources and all the proper links in the description of today's show, so you can find all that great information at your fingertips. Scott, thanks for the help on the show this week. Enjoyed it as always, and we'll have another good one dialed up next time around. Thanks, Walter. Sorry, my mic was on mute. <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> I can still hear you breathing in the background. You're just pulling. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. Love it. Never a dull moment with you, Scott. Always appreciate it. Yeah, I try. We'll look forward to chatting with you again on the next episode. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us. Talk to you soon right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.